0: is working class heroes, um, the heroes of course are anonymous and you might, be, might say the whole working class is made up of heroes, but we do have some particular people in mind, and the particular people that we're referring to are the people who wrote these songs, okay, um, we'll get into the details of those people, the actual writers of these songs, as we progress through the, through the repertoire, the songs that they actually wrote. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about the conditions that they were actually uh, written in. In other words, the struggles that these people were engaged in when they wrote these songs. But before doing so, just have to mention a couple things about how the project began. Because in uh, 217, <coughs> it happened to be the 50th anniversary of the publication of a song book by the name of Hard-Hitting Songs for Hard-Hit People. This book was actually put together by Alan Lomax, Woody Guthrie, and Pete Seeger, who may maybe some of you know. And um, <coughs> the songs themselves, however, were by and large written in the 20s and 30s. The book was completed in 1941 and lay in drawers, kitchen cupboards for the, r- the next 25 years. Um, and so the, the actual songbook was being commemorated. It's 50th anniversary of publication was 217. And we were invited by the Brooklyn Folk Festival to put together um, a representative sampling of these songs to commemorate this great songbook. Part of the reason for that was that the Brooklyn Folk Festival was itself a product of young people who, some of whom were only born in the 21st century, uh, actually being inspired by folk music, banjos and fiddles, by a movie called Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. And they knew nothing, this generation, about this songbook, these songs, or any of the history that went into what might be called the first folk music revival, which took place in the thirties. There have been two big folk music revivals in the United States in the thirties and the sixties. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Hey, Rich, come on in. Uh, <coughs> it took me forever to find this room. <laughs> the working class is always hiding something. Yeah, right, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. are to that, That's it. So in any case, it was a combination of these various different cultural events that led to us selecting a group of these songs from that songbook, like card hitting songs for hearted people. And we thought it was going to be a one-off, we just played these songs at this festival and the young people would get a chance to hear like some of the sources of their inspiration, because as you'll notice some of the songs actually are the, appeared in Oh Brother or Art Thou with different lyrics, because they are classic traditional American folk songs. And we'll talk about that when we get to them. But Ultimately, we were invited to perform at a couple of other festivals, including the James Connolly mm-hmm. Festival in Dublin, Ireland, uh, in 2017. And so we had to put together more songs. We <laughs> had to pull, go back to the songbook, pull out more songs so that we could actually have a two-hour set. And that is the beginning of this project, which we ended up putting together into this songbook. So now we're going to begin with a song by Sarah Ogan Gunning, who we'll talk to you, talk about in a minute um, called, Come All You Coal Miners.
1: Come all you coal miners, wherever you may be, and listen to a story that I relate to thee. My name is nothing next tree, but the truth to you I tell, I am a coal miner's wife. And I'm sure I wish you well. Coal mining is the most dangerous work in our land today. With plenty of dirty slaving work and very little pay. Coal miners, won't you wake up and open your eyes and see what the dirty capitalist system is doing to you. They take your very lifeblood, they take our children's lives. Take fathers away from children and husbands away from wives. Coal miners, won't you organize wherever you may be in? Make this a land of freedom for workers like you and me. Dear miners, devil slave you till you can't work no more. And what will you get for your living? Buy the dollar at the company store. A tumble down shack to live in. Run and snowballs in the tub. You have to pay the company rent. Your paying never stops. I am a coal miner's wife, and I'm sure I'll wish you well. Let's sink this catless system in the darkest pits of hell. Ow!
0: Gunning was the wife of a coal miner, as the song says, and she wrote these songs uh, herself to support the mine worker struggle that was taking place, what's come to be known as the Harlan County War. It went on from 1931 till 1939, and her Sarah Ogden Gunning and her family were deeply involved in that. And uh, this next song was one of those that appeared in the Old oh Brother Where Art Thou movie uh, with a somewhat different text. And this is also by Sarah Hogan Gunning. It's called Girl of Constant Sorrow. See you. It was actually learned, like many of these songs, this is an old slave song, actually, written Mm -hmm. by slaves uh, and sung by various uh, Baptist or Methodist congregations in the South. And uh, obviously that's where Sarah W. Gunning learned many of her songs uh, and she put her own words to it during the strike. Called, come on friends and let's go down. Somebody asked
1: about singing, please do. The words are, come on friends and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Come on friends and let's go down, down on the picket line. That's the cars. okay. Come on friends and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Let's go down. Let's go down.
2: Come on, friends, and let's go down, down on the picket line. There you go, sing. Come on, friends, and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Come on, friends, and let's go down, down on the picket line. As I went down on the picket line to keep them scared out of Sing. Come on, the way we and Come on, friends, and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Come on, friends, and let's go down, down, forget it. By. Come on, friends, and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Come on.
0: where she got her last name, but the name Aunt Molly came because she was a midwife and delivered hundreds of babies in the Appalachians and Harlem County and other parts of, the, of that state. Um, and she was a notorious uh, union leader and organizer, went to jail a number of times, and like the rest of her family, was eventually driven out of the, the whole region by the, the mine owners and so on during this struggle. And she wrote this song, I Am A Union Woman, which contains a very important line, where she says, I was raised in old Kentucky, Kentucky born and bred, and when I joined the union, they called me a Russian Red. (laughs) And this was taking place in the late 20s, (laughs) early 30s. The Russian Revolution was familiar to the whole world, including the workers in Kentucky. Uh, Otherwise, the epithet Russian Red, Full bosses would not have made any difference. It's obvious, and in fact, doing the research on this album and the, the songbook and getting into all the, the background of this, a number of commentators who were active at that time in that labor struggle, including her brother Jim, uh, talked about the uh, misconceptions and the distortions uh, of, of about the local folk, the people in. Kentucky, West Virginia, Tennessee, where the mine struggle was going on. And the fact that there were many immigrant workers, recent immigrants from Poland, other places, also working in the mines that there were many black miners who were being organized at the same time by the NMU. This is the name of the union that she's talking about, the National Miners Union, which was actually initiated on the part by by the Communist Party, at a time when the United Mine Workers had pulled out, the the intense struggle in the in the uh, coal fields had reached the point where uh, it was open warfare, and the U M W had tried and other unions had tried to organize without success, and so the Communist Party sent in um, young organizers to to start the N M U, and this is really what the Harlan County War was about was this this effort to to organize. The NMU. So when she talks about um, join the NMU, that's what she's referring to. I am a union woman.
1: Is it okay to sing along? No, of course. I am a union woman.
2: So
0: is the basis of this, uh-huh. what's different is not the music, it's the text, Yeah. The and so uh, Florence Reese was also in the Harlan County War, right. and uh, knew the Jack, and Molly Jackson and all the rest of it, they all shared the same yeah. songs, Yeah. <laughs> they right. all knew the same songs, right. and uh, in fact the whole purpose of singing in this in this sense was that people participated, it was not so much a question of an audience, and you know. Um, this next song was actually, speaking of its its original musical source, was uh, a Carter Family tune, Sailor Boy, Sailor on the Deep Blue Sea, some controversy over what the actual musical source was, um, but Sarah Ogan gunning wrote it and she said it just came to her, which is what happens when you've sung songs all your life. It just came to her with this text, and I have to say that it was a great, uh, Mm. you might say, pleasure for us to actually sing this song at a demonstration on what is called the Bundesplatz, which is the, it's in front of the Mm. the parliament building in Switzerland, in Bern, directly facing the Swiss National Bank, because (laughs) this song is I Hate the Capitalist System.
1: They cost me so much suffering, and my dearest friends to die. My husband was a coal miner. He worked and risked his life to try to support three children, himself, his mother, and wife. Fight fire, fight, fight.
0: that was not written by a person directly engaged in a struggle, um, he, and of course he's world-famous now on a postage stamp. Um, but like, but like uh, so many of his songs, <coughs> took this from a traditional song, in fact it's a children's song, people may remember it, it's called Mama Don't Allow No Music. So, he goes, Mama don't allow no bushwas hanging
2: around. <laughs> Come here, Mama, take a look at Kate. Coming down the road in a Cadillac egg. Mama don't allow no bushwhats hanging around. Hardly recognize her in that rig. I felt a feather I had a curly wig. Mama don't allow no bushwhats hanging around. No, Mama don't bow, hanging round. Mama don't bow, hanging round. Mama don't bow, no push balls hanging round. No, Mama don't bow, hanging round. Mama don't bow, hanging round. Mama don't bow, no push balls hanging Big and proud Thinks he's smart But he's just loud Mama don't allow No bushwhats Hanging around Thinks we're laughing At his jokes But we're just seeing Through the hoax Mama don't allow No bushwhats Hanging around. Man. I ride a pack and do the best I can. Mama don't lie, no bushflies hanging down. I take my stand at the Union Hall. An injury to one is an injury to all. Mama don't lie, no bushflies hanging down. No, Mama don't lie, hanging down. Mama don't lie, hanging down. But Mama don't lie, no bushflies hanging down.
0: Jim Garland, who is uh, Sarah Lynn Gunning's brother and uh, Aunt Molly Jackson's half-brother. He was a coal miner, organizer, fighter, and uh, he wrote this song after attending a memorial of 25,000 people in Bronx Stadium for a young man named Harry Sims who was murdered in uh, In Kentucky in the middle of this strike. Harry Sims uh, was a working-class kid from Springfield, Massachusetts. Went to work in the textile mills of Massachusetts at a young age. Went on to join the Young Communist League. Came down to Alabama to organize the sharecroppers who were fighting to organize the sharecroppers union. Defended cases of uh, black people being lynched and persecuted um, uh, in the South, and then moved over during the Harlan County struggle to (coughs) organize um, relief, food, clothing, shelter. Became good friends of uh, Jim Garland, and to his dying day, uh, Jim thought that the bullet that was taken by Harry Sims was meant for him. This is called the murder of Harry Sims.
2: I'll tell you of a hero who now is dead and gone. I'll tell you of a young boy whose
0: age was just 19. He was the bravest union man that I have ever seen. Thank you.
2: step lightning We did not know the gun thugs was hiding on the way to kill our dear young
0: comrade this bright sunshiny day. Oh. Harry Sims was killed on Brush Creek in 1932. He organized the YCL, also the
2: Gave his life and struggle, that was all that he could do. He died to save the
0: of other things to say about this, um, not only this song, but actually all of them in one way or another. Uh, there's a lot of talk about authenticity when you get into folk music. Mm. And um, when you start discovering who's crying the loudest about authenticity and not talking about these songs, you start to become aware of how this stuff was actually suppressed what I'm saying? Because there's nothing wrong with the music here. All the music is the same music that is considered authentic. These people were not outside agitators. These people were not coming from some other planet or intellectuals from New York. These are the people who came out of these struggles directly. They were born and raised in Kentucky or Tennessee or Arkansas or wherever. And this is part of what this is about and part of why it was important to us to bring it to young people who are just becoming interested in folk music because they need to understand what these stories are really about and where this American music actually came from. And the next song is particularly pointed in that regard because <coughs> it was written by a woman named Ella May Wiggins. And Ella May Wiggins was a leader of the textile workers Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh, She was not only a member and leader of the Union, she was also a member and a leader of the International Labor Defense and we'll talk about that a little bit later. She was shot in the heart leaving a Union meeting at the age of 29. She'd already watched four of her children die of whooping cough because the, the boss would not change her shift. She had to work could not take care of her children. She left five more orphans. Um, And this was again uh, a major battle that took place in Gastonia. The largest mill, the Loray Mill, it was called the largest mill of its kind in the world at that time. And and she was singled out uh, partly because of her leadership in the strike, but also because she wrote songs, and there were there are numerous testimonies from fellow workers and people that you know knew her at the time that they was out to get Ellie Mae because she would sing and bring us all together. And this is one of the songs that she wrote. It's probably her most famous. Pete Seeger sang it. Um, it's called <laughs> the Mill Mother's Song. <laughs>
1: goodbye. While we slay for the buses our children scream and cry. And when we draw our money our grocery bills to pay. Not a cent to spend for clothing. Not a cent to lay away. And on that very evening our little their mother and so the sister may How it grieves the heart of a mother you everyone must know what we can't buy for our children our wages are too low. It is for our little children. That seemed to us so dear, but for us nor and dear workers, the buses do not care but
0: of the ILD. The ILD was the International Labor F- Defense, which was uh, an organization that was in, uh, started by the Red International and it was mm-hmm. built to defend the leaders of the working class who were being imprisoned, particularly in the South, but all, actually all over. They defended Sacco and Vanzetti, for example, in the North. <laughs> they also <coughs> took up the case of the Scottsboro Boys, a very famous case of nine black youth who were charged with raping a white woman, and this trial went on forever. became a huge cause to level. And uh, they took on uh, the defense of numerous leaders uh, leaders of of these strikes, including the one that that LMA was involved with. Um, And that's why she took up the the position of the secretary of the ILD in uh, Gastonia, and um, wrote this song which again is to a, uh, was to some old Christian hymn which I couldn't find so we put our own music to it. But the reason that we did it this (coughs) way actually is because one of the outstanding features of Ella Mae's life and work was that she, uh, in, in a, you know, deeply divided South, stood with the black workers. She wanted the union to integrate. She went on the, they used to separate the black and white workers by a line down the middle in the, the union meetings and she would go on the black side of the, uh, of the union. Another reason why she was targeted by the bosses. Um, and this is her song called Toiling on Life's Pilgrim.
2: building pathways in darkness, <laughs> although the baby
0: Hancocks was a leader, an organizer of the Southern Tenant Farmers Union, uh, which was uh, a very important organization that actually at one time spanned several states uh, and had upwards of 30,000 members and actually waged one great strike in 1935. Uh, it's a long story, but he was well known because of his songwriting. He actually went over uh, around the country singing songs to raise money, raise attention throughout the the rest of the country, and he ended up being recorded um, by uh, Charles (laughs) Seeger, Charles Seeger, P. Seeger's father at the Library of Congress, which is why some of these songs were actually um, available, although he died in 1992. It's a long story. They couldn't even find him. He had to leave uh, Arkansas, where he was from, uh, due to the repression that came following the, of the the struggles there. He ended up in San Diego. Kept on writing songs until he was 88. Wrote a couple songs in the the 1980s against Ronald Reagan. Anyway, (laughs) this is another old song, (coughs) old slave song, which you'll recognize. He put his own little touch to it, and it's called No More (coughs) Mourning.
2: And before I'd be asleep, I'd be buried.
0: song, we cannot leave without singing this next song.
3: Um,
0: Because this (laughs) song is important for a number of different reasons. First of all, the man who wrote the song is Ralph Chaplin. Some of you may have heard of him. He was a wobbly, he was a poet, he was a a graphic artist, um, and he wrote Solidarity Forever. And that song, Solidary Forever, was put to the tune of John Brown's Body, which is obviously an abolitionist hymn. Um, This next song was also put to an abolitionist hymn by the the name of Nellie Gray. This was a song written by Benjamin Hanby in 1856. and was actually a popular abolitionist ballad, and I'm sure that the choice was not accidental, that, that in fact, Ralph Chaplin was well aware <laughs> of its significance. And he wrote this song in 1917 in the, you might say, in the turmoil of the Russian Revolution. Mm-hmm. And um, he'd been imprisoned, along with a 100 other Wobblies, for opposing US entry into World War One. And upon his release, this uh, uh, published a book of poetry called uh, When the Leaves Come Out, which contained this song, and it's called
2: Of whirling wheels, we are toiling on like chattel slaves of old. And our masters hope to keep us ever thus beneath their heels And to coin our very light blood in the gold. But we have a glowing dream of how fair the world will see where each one can live their life secure and free. When the earth is of my labor, when there's joy and peace for all in the commonwealth of the world that is to be. They would keep us cowed and beaten, cringing meekly at their feet. They would stand between each worker and (laughs) and <laughs> the Fades away. We shall live with love and laughter, we who now are little worth, and will not regret the price we have to pay. Yes, we have a knowing dream about how the world will seem, when each one can live their life secure and free. When the earth is owned by labor, and there's joy and peace for all.
4: Five thirty. 5.30, 530 yeah? Yes. Oh, oh, oh! I thought it was five thirty. Oh. Yeah, it's right here. You can
0: oh, well then we'll go on if you don't mind. <laughs> hey! <laughs>
2: all right, we'll have to
0: find another. <laughs> Rousing conclusion. You got to take off. I have to go. Love you guys. All right. So right. Thank you. Rich. Call me
2: before you go back.
0: Okay, you, we'll Get do. Together. We'll do. Know. Yeah. Right. Thanks absolutely. Thanks so much. <laughs> well, if we can go on, that was just sort of a little break. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. That, w- that was the, really, really the hour long show. Now we're gonna go <laughs> to the, the hour long. <laughs> okay.
2: Matt,
4: I wonder if you would be available. There might be people here who have any comments or questions. Yeah, yeah, well, we if you'd yeah. like,
0: yeah. Any comments, questions?
3: Where are you playing again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, on the 14th at Down Home Music in El Cerrito. Okay. And on the 17th at the Green Arcade. Right. And, uh, and, uh, on in Market Street. Well, seriously, if anybody wants to,
4: yes, you have I a question. A couple of, one, couple. one is, um, I'm going to give, uh, three things I'm going to say. First of all, with the Commonwealth of Toil, we in the labor course are singing it, but there is one line that I won't sing, and that is, the earth is owned by all. I don't, I would like m- for us to have a socialist idea that the earth isn't owned by any, The other one is that I want to say a couple of things. Most of us here are atheists. I'm atheist, but I'm still gonna say this because I'm the justice ambassador from a faith-based institution, and it is for you. I want to tell you your singing, it is as if your song goes to heaven. (laughs) The gates open up. Your words of For help, go into the Holy of Holies, and there is Hashem sitting. And what you sing goes into Hashem's ear and moves Hashem's heart. I rarely say that, but the passion you have, there's a word we have in Hebrew and it means representative. And I feel that when you sing, you are the representative of of us. Mm -hmm. And I want to say for you, Matt, that the people who, these people, we have honorifics, Jewish honorifics. And you've heard me say this at the Loretta stack Most of the time we say, <coughs> may, you be, may you rest in peace But these people. Elamay Wiggins, Molly Jackson. I say first in English and Hebrew, then in Hebrew. This is, rarely do we say this. May the memory of the righteous be for blessing. And then I'm going to say, liberchatsadik. Anyway, I forget what it is, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say thank, you. For, thank yeah, you for these songs.
0: Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate that. I also think that the, the it's an interesting question um, about the, you know, honoring and respecting these people, which was in fact why we did the project, but it was also in a context of the election of Trump and his taking over this Very, these these songs. We could have chosen songs mm. from other places. There were yeah. songs written um, by workers all over the United States at that time. There, the, in the nineteen thirties, it was a huge upsurge of working class struggle. But it was particularly to choose these songs because this is Trump country, and you know Kentucky and places like this. But, <coughs> but this is the real history that, that they want to bury. They don't want those people who are still coal mining or whatever to know. That this is what their actual heritage really is. So it's extremely important not only to honor these people, but to bring them back to life in a sense, in the context of today's situation. Um, so on the one hand, it, it is an honoring. You know, on the other hand, it's an honoring that is is you know uh, combative. Let's put it that way.
4: Yes, it's made a memory of right. the righteous. It's not just no. acknowledging them. Right. Right. Saying yes, you are righteous, <coughs> and what you're doing is what the Bay Area Labor Course has done, and other labor courses take these songs to educate people. Right.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. Right. That's it. That's the point. I, I think the other thing is that, as I said, it, somewhere along the line in here, the, one of the, one of the sort of subtexts of this is this whole question of what American music is, mm-hmm. where p- what popular culture is, and all of the 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 uh, you might say ramifications come from the, the dominance of the music industry and the way it's manipulated what has actually arisen spontaneously from amongst the people. And so these songs are examples of, of this, something that arose from amongst the people, that was shared by people, but at the exact same time was being replaced by the music industry. And I'm talking about right in the 1920s when when uh, you know mm-hmm. people were going into the South collecting these songs to sell them as pop music Back to the back to the people, mm-hmm. and so there's a there's a subtext in here of all these songs, many of which were actually popular hits. They were not all religious songs. Some came from the church. Ella Mae Wiggins' Mill Mother's l- song, that one we sang earlier, was actually she took that song from a song by Vernon Dalhart, released uh, in 1927, which was a pop music hit. Mm-hmm. So, this is this is how deep some of this goes into what people think is their music, and where it actually comes from. And and this is one of the reasons why it's important to bring these songs back um, in relationship to actual human beings, because these people, all of them, with the exception of a couple of a couple songs in here that were written by professionals, uh, professional musicians, the rest were written by workers. They had nothing to do with careers in music or trying to become stars or anything. They just wrote songs to serve the struggle that they were involved in. And that's where a lot of music actually <laughs> comes from. It doesn't come from some professional or some trained or some star, you know, which unfortunately a lot of people still believe. They, they, they're still manipulated by that idea that they need a talented somebody up there above them to give them their music. And that is exactly untrue. So that was the a big part of the motivation uh-huh. for this was to actually show, well, look, these are the people who actually made these songs. They're part of the American uh, our traditions, it's part of our history, part of our shared uh, experience, and yet it's written out. It's just, unless you happen to get a copy of hardening Songs for Hardened People, which is actually still available, um, you wouldn't know about it, you know, and, and it's basically available in the academy. It's available for musicologists or folklorists or things like that. It's not something that is widely you know, but it
1: was also a custom for everybody who, who was a worker to sing. They sang. They sang all day, all the time, whenever they had something difficult or heavy work, whatever, or when they were happy and joyful. They always sang, and that's also why they started writing their own words to already existing songs. Now, and that's something that has gotten forgotten. You know, in our lives, we don't sing enough.
0: Speaking of which, you want to do that one? Um,
1: no, I, I, would, <laughs> I would, but I would, I, but I don't know. Can we do this one? Yes.
0: All right. This is
4: another
1: one
0: for John I
4: don't John know how much Hancock. time
1: we have, and there are so many good songs. All right. Maybe I'll get to the other one later. All right.
0: Well <laughs> the, the, the thing is, this, this, this song <laughs> that we're about to do is also by John Hancock. And again, taken from some old song, probably an old slave song by Jeannie. Um, but it is so apropos, I mean, when you hear this song, it could have been written yesterday. Yeah. It literally is not. It's called, There Is Mean Things Happening In
4: This Land. There is many things
1: happening
2: The poor man goes in rags There is mean things Happening in this land There is mean things Happening in this land There is mean things Happening in this land Oh, the farmer cannot eat, Cause he's raised So we have none no, of no, that. No. None for ourselves. Hey yeah. Hey.
0: could have been circulating around and somebody put a name on it. I have no idea. really did a lot to try to find out who he was, but the song had to be included because it is right on time. It's called A Fool There Was.
2: and we had no job. job. So kind. they saved him a place in the old to line. of everything in the land. So, so we starved to death with a flag in his hand.
0: It's the ballad of uh, the story of Lazarus and Dives. This is in the Bible. You can check it out. This is very, <laughs> very authentic. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't know where this song came from, uh, although I was able to locate a recording of a woman, young woman, uh, that Alan Lomax actually recorded, singing part of this song, recorded in like 1927 or something like that. <laughs> and... Um, and it seems, you'll, you, you'll probably follow me here, it, it's probably an old Scottish or Irish song because they used a lot of very f- nonsense words. This is very common in, in uh, these cultures. And this song is nonsense. It's called Skinnamalinkaduli. <laughs> and this was in Heartening Songs for Hearted People. And uh, it's, it's your, your religion for the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There was a rich man and he lived in Jerusalem, glory hallelujah, I rode your rum. He wore a silk hat and his coat was very sprucey, glory hallelujah, I rode your rum. I rode your
1: rum, I rode your rum. You skin,
2: skin of a lincolnium, skin of a lincolnium, <laughs> glory hallelujah, I rode
0: your own. And at his gate there sat a human requium, glory hallelujah, I rode your <laughs> He wore a
1: bowler hat and the rim was round in a glory hallelujah.
2: I brought you, I rode you <conduion> home. I brought you home. Skim a link to do the glory. Hallelujah!
0: I wrote you the home. The poor man asked for a piece of bread and cheese. owned glory. Hallelujah! I wrote you home. The rich
2: man answered, the call oh, for a police, you! Glory, hallelujah, I rode your own. I, I rode your own, I rode your own. Still a link in you still a link Glory, Glory, hallelujah, I rode your own. The poor man died and his soul went to heavy young. Glory, hallelujah, I rode your own. And he danced with the saints
1: till a quarter past eleven. Glory, hallelujah, I rode your own.
2: Ah, I allele- gl hallelujah, hallelujah. Ro- agre- there he dwelt I wrote your own, Glory hallelujah your I rode your own,
1: I wrote your own, I wrote your own, I Glory Hallelujah. I wrote I wrote your of I Glory hallelujah I rode your I rode your I wrote
2: I wrote your I rich your died but
0: he didn't so, hallelujah, glory hallelujah, I rode your own
1: He couldn't go to heaven, so we he had to go to hell, hallelujah
2: Glory hallelujah, hallelujah, I rode, you rode your own Say, I rode your own Still, still one in on the gannulio, still one in the gannulio Glory hallelujah, I rode your own The rich man asked for the heaven, consolium Glory hallelujah, I rode your own
1: The devil only answered, just shopped on the, so the cold
2: Glory, hallelujah, right. i, I, <laughs> I, I cadoria, Glory, hallelujah, going to go to the house. I'm going to go to the house. I'm going to go i the story is that riches are no rich, joke. Okay, um. glory, hallelujah! <laughs> I rode Jerome, We'll all go to heaven because we are stony broke. Glory, <laughs> <wrote you> <laughs> <laughs> <Six kilo laughs> glory, hallelujah! I rode your rum. <laughs> I rode your rum. I rode the rum. Glory, hallelujah! I Glory, hallelujah!
0: Uh, Let's do this one. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, this is one everybody (laughs) knows here, I think. But what you don't know is the story behind it. Um, The Preacher and the Slave is the most famous song by Joe Hill. And Joe Hill is another one of our heroes, of course, coming from an earlier generation than most of the people we've referred to so far. The Preacher and the Slave um, was actually first sung according to all the research we could find, not by Joe Hill, but by Harry McClintock, and this is one of the most interesting t- uh, tales connecting all these things together. Because if anybody saw O oh Brother or Art Thou, you will know that Big Rock Candy Mountain features prominently in the in the movie. It's, it's a song on the soundtrack album. That was by Harry McClintock. And Harry actually ended up dying in San Francisco in 1957, doing a radio show on KFRC, if you can believe that. But he started out as a wobbly and as a, as a you know, busker, singing songs, was up in Seattle, met, uh, Portland, I think it was, Portland, met Joe Hill, Joe Hill handed him the, so- the lyrics mm-hmm. to the song on, on the back of a, a laundry ticket. He said, go sing this. And why did he <coughs> tell him to go sing? Because what was happening at that time was that the IWW, Industrial Workers of the World, were organizing these speakings. They would go out and they were fighting a free speech movement in Portland, (laughs) Spokane, various places where they were organizing miners and dock workers and so on and so forth. And the bosses got the idea of sending down the Salvation Army to play right next to them (laughs) and drown them out. Right? So they were singing these Christian hymns next to the the speakers that were trying to command the crowd's attention. So the Wobblies got the idea, we will write so- the song lyrics to the, the songs song they're singing and drown them out!
3: <laughs> so the preacher,
0: the preacher and the slave is to the Sweet By and By, which is a classic Christian hymn. As long this day, the Sweet By right. and By is sung by Elvis Presley. I mean, this is, this is a classic Christian hymn. And that's where the, that's where the preacher and the slave actually began and came from. And it explains the references to the starvation army. Which you'll hear in the song. This is the preacher and the slave, and anybody who knows it can join right in. Um.
2: Long-haired preachers come
4: out every night,
2: try to tell you what's wrong. Right. Side by side, side by side,
3: we fought free, freedom worldwide. We'll we'll when the world and
2: its world we have been, to the grander, as we'll sing this refrain You will leave, leave. Bye, 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 bye. And you will leave, by and by, when you come out.
0: <laughs> um, we, we did a rousing end song. What did we cut out? We cut out a couple here.
4: You okay, your pick fell down. Maybe, that. maybe, alright, maybe it. it's time
1: to it. so, now. Is
4: it? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, sure. We also have books or sale, so, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we do the <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you. Books and CDs are for so. sale. That's what so. we're singing is all recorded there, so you can <laughs> take it home with you and um, scare your children. No, <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, Anyway, this next song is a classic example of a very popular song being turned by Sarah Ogan Gunning into a, a, a really powerful uh, fighting song. It's based on Precious Memories, which is a song that is sung um, to this day at funerals and memorials and things of that nature. It's it's still actually a, a fairly popular song, Precious Memories. Uh, Sarah Ogan Gunning wrote it dreadfully.
1: Dreadful memories, how they linger, how they ever my so, how thou workers and their children die from hunger and from cold. How Hungry fathers, weary mothers, living in those dreadful sheds, lead our children cold and hungry, with no clothing on their beds, dreadful. Gun thugs and stupid pigeons always flock around our door. What's the crime that we've committed? Nothing, only that we're poor. When I think of all.
0: was Responsible for putting together the collection from which we drew these songs, or he was one of the contributing. Uh, parts <laughs> of <that. laughs> and I think that, uh, in many ways, his example um, uh, as a song collector and as a radical fighter for the people should be an inspiration to us today. And I'm so honored I got to meet him personally, that was really true. Yeah. Oh, thank you.